harder for Jesus. We jump a little higher for Jesus. We run a little faster. We dance a little longer. Praise God. Hallelujah. The arm of the Lord is never short. And His ear is never heavy. And there's nothing God cannot do and will not do to them that believe that He is. And that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Amen. Praise God. You may be seated. The first century church won more people to Jesus than any century. The first century church now has become a paradigm or an example for the 21st century church because the spirit of the first century church God is going to put on the 21st century church. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Paul said that it is a faithful saying. He always used that term, faithful saying, that Jesus Christ came in the world to save sinners in which I am chief. Now you wonder what... With Paul, he wasn't an American Indian, so why did he say he was a chief? Amen. So, but the Greek word there means protos. It means to rank number one. Paul considered himself the worst sinner that ever lived. Matter of fact, he stood with joy in his heart watching the, the church's first martyr being killed, Stephen. And Stephen, under the anointing, took his garment off and handed it to Saul. God was doing something to Saul that day because God was going to strip him down to nothing. The only way to have revival is to die out. If you're not willing to die out, you'll never see revival. Amen. What God was saying was, I'm showing you the first martyr of this church, and you'll see him in eternity forever. But he's taking his garment off Saul, and he's going to give it to you because 40 years later you'll wear the same garment. Amen. Hallelujah. Actually, the Bible said uh, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you you, to be a witness. The word witness in Greek also means to be a martyr. So the first century church was prepared to die for this gospel. And what we see in Asia is a lot of people that are prepared to die, especially in Vietnam and China. They're not afraid because their hope is in God totally. Amen. And uh, Paul, it's amazing, though, Paul had to change his name for a, for a Jewish person to change his name to a Gentile name, which they were called dogs, or Goy or Goya. And to a Jew, a Goy is the worst of the worst. Paul actually lost his Hebrew name and became like a dog and became a missionary, not to the Jewish people, but a missionary to the dogs, the Gentiles, the Goy. Amen. So he was stripped down from everything. And later he wrote 14 books of our New Testament. That's amazing. It really is amazing that that man, when he died out, what he could do for God. Amen. When we die out, God is going to bring people that drive by here, pull in the parking lot, walk in here and write you out a check. A friend of mine, a man walked in his church in, in Arkansas, wrote him a check out and said, this is for your church, $11 million. So don't think that it can't happen. Amen. If we're if we die out, God says, I'll give you that blessing. Amen. I'm happy to be here tonight. I got a lot to say in a little short time to say, but I want my son in law to step forward just for a minute here, leave a testimony. My son in law moved out here. Dave, come on up for just a second. And uh, he uh he was my assistant pastor for a number of years and became a pastor in St. Louis. His family is fifth generation Pentecostal on both sides. 
His great-grandfather was a great leader in the United Pentecostal Church and superintendent of the state of Illinois. And uh, my, my son-in-law, and he's been overseas with me in Vietnam. He's been in Taiwan. And uh, they have moved out to California now, so we have a reason to really love California. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. And so it's amazing. He told me about Brother Brown and wanted me to meet Brother Brown. And then we got to talking about Tennessee, and there was a connection there. But, Brother Dave, go ahead and take a couple of minutes here. Amen. Well, it's good to be in the house of God. Amen. Amen. It's always good to be in the house of the Lord, worshiping with the saints of God. And just appreciate uh, Brother Brown and, and Sister Brown and their family. We've gotten to be uh, good friends with them, and our kids uh, have gotten to be really close. And uh, you, you all have a wonderful, wonderful pastor. Amen. Amen. I know you know that, but uh, he, he just... Every time I talk to him, his love for this church and his love for souls and uh, the work of God is just apparent. And I just, I just really am excited for what God is going to do right here in Pasadena. Amen. I'm, I'm just, I, I just know that God has something great in store. Amen. 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 I was just thinking uh, when we were singing one of those songs a few minutes ago, the thought occurred to me uh, a couple of days ago. I had to get on to my seven-year-old uh, daughter. She did something that she wasn't supposed to do, and so she was telling me, Daddy, I'm sorry, you know, over and over and over again. And I said, Christina, you know, you've got to do more than tell me you're sorry. You've got to show me you're sorry. And as we were singing the song just a few minutes ago, uh, I felt like the Lord spoke to me, and, and it was, it was kind of like this. It's, uh, you know, you've got to do more than tell me you love me. You've got to do more than just go through lip service and go through the motions. You've got to show me. What are you willing to do? Amen. It's like Brother Votaw said, we've got to die out. We've got to live a life that praises him. Amen. We've got to be willing to give everything because Jesus gave everything to us. Amen. God will not be a debtor. Amen. Everything you do is a seed that's sown into the kingdom of God. Every dollar you give to missions, every, every blanket you give to the homeless, everything you do in the name of Jesus, God will return a blessing for that. Amen. God will provide. And I am so thankful tonight to be a part of the kingdom of God, a kingdom that is a victorious kingdom. Amen. We're not losers. We're winners. You've got nothing to hold your head down about tonight. We serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And if you don't know him, tonight is your night. Amen. He loves you. He gave his life for you. He wants to bless you, and he wants you to be happy and prosperous in your life. Amen. And he is such a wonderful God. I like what I feel in the house of God tonight. Let's continue to worship him together. Amen. Hallelujah. And uh, before I get started here tonight, I'll give you a little brief background. My wife and I, 38 years ago, were hippies walking into a Pentecostal church. I had overdosed twice uh, from from drugs. The second time I pulled a needle out of my arm, the eighth time I had hit up that day and passed out, although I could hear a little bit and my wife was crying, he's going to die, and she would pray, God save him, God help him, God and all. And uh, I came through it and, and actually walked into a Pentecostal church. And uh, when I walked into Pentecostal church, I was invited to come. I sat in the back and they brought me up and sat me in the front row. I had a ponytail 
pulled down. I had bell bottoms. Some of you don't remember the bell bottoms. We used to wear these great big old bell bottoms. And uh, I had a, a desert jacket. We called it a safari jacket and, and a, a full beard. And, and I walked in, never been to a Pentecostal church in my life. And a guy on the platform all of a sudden jumps up and goes, ah! And I thought, well, man, what kind of church is this? People are doing that kind of stuff. He got up and ran around the building as fast as he could, and then he sat down. And a few minutes later, he did it again. And so the lady behind me, she tapped me on the shoulder, and she said, this is what you've been looking for. Um, I said, uh, what, how come this guy can run that fast? And she said, that's the Holy Ghost. And I thought, if that's the Holy Ghost, how come the U.S. Olympic team don't get it? Because they'd all win gold medals. If that makes you run that fast. Amen. And then all of a sudden they brought me up to the second pew and I sat down. And uh, all of a sudden a lady, 80 years old, jumped out and did the crazy chicken all the way down the aisle. <clears throat> I thought if an 80-year-old 80 woman can do a crazy chicken, this, this, this church has got some power in it. Amen. And then a little kid in the front row was drawing pictures and he drew a picture of a devil with horns sticking up. And he turned around and said, you're the devil. <laughs> He thought I was a devil because I looked like a hippie. I'm going to tell you something. The reason why I like the 21st century church, our, our, our doctrine and our, and our message should never change. But the methodology has to change to reach the 21st century. The 21st century will never be as judgmental as the other generation. That's why you have the ability to win more people to God. If somebody walks in this building with tattoos all over their body and earrings and their lips and hanging out of their nose, don't you ever look down your nose at any human being. Come on, somebody. This is a hospital. And Jesus is the doctor. Oh, God, give us the lost. Give us the wounded. Give us the... Hallelujah, the brokenhearted. God, give us souls. A spirit of evangelism. That's what it's all about. I never knew that day that God would take a hippie and turn him into a preacher, end up going to college and graduating and then get a master's degree and then preach in all 50 states. I started two churches in America and six overseas. At that day... If somebody would have told me that all this was going to happen in my life, I would say, there's no way. Hallelujah. And God turned it all around. Amen. Hallelujah. We were missionaries 18 years. I worked in Taiwan and into China. My, my wife and I are fluent in Chinese. And we worked underground churches. And in 2008, when we went into China again during the Olympics, we were being followed. We had smuggled Bibles and all kinds of Bible studies into underground churches. In China tonight, there's 50,000 people in jail, locked up in prisons for doing nothing but having Bible studies in their house. That's right. The flip side of that, there's probably up to 100 million people in China that have already received the Holy Ghost, which shows you that the devil can't stop this church. Because Jesus said, upon this rock, I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not, cannot, and will not prevail. There's nothing that can stop us. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. So all those years we worked in China, and then all of a sudden God dealt with me, and he said, I want you to go to Vietnam, because during the Vietnam War I was in Taiwan in the Air Force, and our job was to send airplanes on, on missions. They weren't bombers. They were C-130s going in and out of Vietnam, and we lost many of them in the war. 
<clears throat> so I went into Vietnam, and last year, the man that shot down the first American pilot over Hanoi came to an underground meeting and stood there with, a, with his cell phone filming everything I said. And I said to another Vietnamese, who is this guy? He said, this man right here is a retired Viet Cong general. He was over the missile department in Hanoi and shot down the first American that flew a mission over Hanoi, and uh, he became a general. I said, whoa, is he with the Communist Party? Maybe he snuck in here to turn us all in. So I preached on receiving the Holy Ghost and preached on what Peter didn't say, but what Peter did say. Amen. Peter didn't say, accept the Lord as your Savior. He said, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and you shall receive the gift. And you know what? A retired Viet Cong general who shot down the first American pilot received the Holy Ghost, and we baptized him in Jesus' name. Amen. So God started pouring His Spirit out in Vietnam. We're having revival in Vietnam. The Lord is doing a great work. But yet we had 23 of our preachers just locked up out of the jungles of Vietnam. We have no idea where they're at. They're in re-education camps now. So we have to pray for their families. And they can't make any money for, for 90 days and they only make $30 a month. So we need to pray for these people in Vietnam. Amen. And so we've done all this work for all these years. And, and my wife has almost died from parasites many twice one time, very, very bad, the parasites were inside of her because of living in China and eating the food and being up in the bush and up in the jungle. And I want my wife to come. We speak Chinese, so I want her just to say something real quick. Jing Tian Wan Chao, Wu Lai Ni Jelly. Why don't you translate a little Chinese for him real quick? All right. Jing Tian Wan Chao, Wu Jelly Fei Chang Lai Jelly. Tonight, I'm extremely happy to be here. If we open up our heart, the Lord is able to come down and bless us. We need to come humbly before the Lord. We want to give all the glory to Jesus Christ tonight. Because Jesus gave us his power. Because we have the power of the Lord in us, we could tell the devil to get out of here tonight. Well, I thank the Lord that I'm able to be here with all of you tonight. It's It's an honor. It's a blessing to be here to meet you and your wife and the congregation here in Pasadena. God has been so faithful to us. And my husband, he told you a little part of our testimony, but God, I mean, the half has never been told to think only God could do what has been done. I mean, to take a life and to change it into somebody, when you see somebody wasted and and you've done, you know, drugs and and you've just fried a lot of your cells and things like that, and you see God take somebody without any rehab, without anything, except just the power of the Holy Ghost come in and take a life and just completely change it and take what was broken, a broken vessel, and totally make it whole. That's our God. That is our God. And only God could do something so perfect. He doesn't do a halfway job, but what he does, he completes. He finished is what he starts, brother. This is the beginning, but he's not finished with this church yet. You haven't seen nothing yet. You haven't seen his church in Pasadena yet. 
The only limitation God has is you and I. If we get in his way, in his will, and we try to figure it all out, and we plan until we plan him right out of the picture, that's when we find ourselves in a mess and back on our knees again and say, oh, God, have mercy on me. Oh, Lord, I'm willing to do it your way. Just show us the way, Lord, and we'll do it. You know, but our first choice is, is we'll use up all our resources and, we'll, and we don't know where to go. Then we'll turn to God. But it's a whole lot easier when you're walking with Jesus Christ and following him. It's just to get on your knees and say, God, what will you have me do today? And it is, brother, it's always going to be step by step, little by little. Yeah, that's just his way. If he gives it to us all at one time, we probably couldn't handle it. We really probably couldn't handle it. It overwhelmed us. But God rewards us, and he rewards our faithfulness, little by little, measure by measure, just step by step. He said, if, if you just be faithful over the little things, I will make you ruler over many. He'll make you ruler over many. And God knows that you've been faithful. I feel a faithful spirit in this house tonight. I feel a commitment, a church that's committed and loves God, and God is your rewarder. He is going to reward you for that, and there's nothing that he cannot do. He's done it for us. He's been faithful. He's not only just saved us, but he had the power to keep us. He had the power to give my husband. In in six months, he was speaking Spanish and ministering in Spanish in New York City. Uh, We both speak speak Chinese. You know, some people say, well, how could you speak Chinese? No, we had to study for it. It didn't just fall from heaven like speaking in tongues. We had to study, but it was God that gave us the ability to retain the knowledge to communicate to another race of people. God is great tonight, and he's greatly to be praised. I love him, and all I want to do is live for him. God bless you. Let's turn our lights now. I'm going to take you to Asia right now on an 11-minute journey. Amen. I'll show you what we do in the mission field. It's my wife and I. They call us brother and sister V. This is Beijing, China, underground church, we call them, house church. These people can be arrested and put in prison. Amen. We're praying the people through here inside an apartment one hour outside of Beijing. People are receiving the Holy Ghost. Because of you I see China, three, one billion, three hundred million people walking on the Great Wall of China, stopping and reading my Bible, praying that God would send revival to China. Hungry. Also for the Word of God. It's all about you, Jesus. 
Beijing, China, I prayed for 175 children that had eye problems. The hospital was built by a movie star, Jackie Chang, and I still have a burden to win him to the Lord. On the streets of Beijing. Shanghai. These are all medical doctors I taught Bible studies to. Taiwan, the Republic of Free China. We call it Free China, Republic of China. Hungry for God. The chains are being broken. Philippines, outdoor crusades where thousands of people receive the Holy Ghost. So hungry for God. Let me tell you something about the United Pentecostal Church. There are 219 nations. 
The United Pentecostal Church now has missionaries in 192 nations. There's no apostolic group on the face of the earth that has evangelized the world with the Acts 2.38 message like the United Pentecostal Church. Hong Kong. Victory in the name of Jesus. Vietnam. During the Vietnam War, three million Vietnamese were killed. Fifty-eight thousand Americans died. A horrible war. They hated us and we hated them. But now the Vietnamese soldiers are coming in from Chi and areas all over Vietnam, receiving the Holy Ghost. And now we are brothers together as a band of brothers by the power of God. Hallelujah. Yes, we're in Vietnam. Hallelujah. Going up into the Mekong Delta in the little river boats along the little canals that take you right into the jungle area there. In that village, that man with the green shirt right there was a green beret. He was locked up for two years in prison and tortured. Now he's the apostolic leader of that village. the hopeless we're coming back to Vietnam uh, this is a another underground church in a building here these people met come on somebody give God a shout of glory and victory This man here built his own baptistry on a farm, waited for the missionary to come by. And when we got there, we baptized him in the, in the tank that he built in the mighty name of Jesus. And God raised him to walk in the newness of life. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Look how happy he is now. Because happy, hallelujah, are the people that know their God. Hallelujah. There's no one like our God. 
heaven. Saigon, Ho Chi Minh City. People receiving the Holy Ghost and being baptized in Jesus' name. This man right now has 23 churches in the jungles of Vietnam. We've got one pastor in Hanoi right now. He's got an underground church of 2,300 members right in Hanoi. Praise God. Hungry for God. Come on, somebody, leap to your feet, throw your hands up in the air. Hallelujah, and give God some praise. Give Him some glory. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. You have your Bibles quickly. Let's move into the book of Matthew right now. Matthew chapter 24 and verse number 3. And as He sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto Him privately. I don't know if you've ever been to Jerusalem, but the Mount of Olives is a... Just a little ways outside of the walled city of Jerusalem. This was a place where Jesus went away, got away and prayed. The disciples came to him saying, tell us. Everybody say, tell me, preacher. If you're going to make it to heaven, you're going to need a pastor. God gives you the Holy Ghost, and he also gives you a shepherd pastor. And the reason why sheep are dumb, they really are. Go buy you some sheep, you'll find out. They eat bad food, drink bad water. They wander off. They're easily snake-bitten. When, when flies fly in their nose, you know what they do? They can't reach up and swat a fly away. They run into a tree and bash their head into the tree. They wander off. There are predators out there. They don't even know it. They're so innocent, they don't realize predators are, are waiting for them. But, uh, sheep can't fight. They don't have big claws. They don't have big teeth. So it takes a shepherd standing by them. And the shepherd pulls them back over here. Get over here. Come here. Sometimes he'll turn it around and pop them a few times, hit them a few times. Get over here. So when your pastor gets on you sometime, you feel like, man, that pastor was hitting on me today. He was, he was kind of giving me a, a spanking today. You ought to be jumping up and down and say, thank God I got a pastor that's going to help me get to heaven. Amen. Now, tell us, what shall these things be? Uh, what shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the world? Everybody say the end of the world. The end of the world is a question that humans have always asked. How does this thing, hold, this thing get, uh, finish? Uh, how does the world end? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. Let me tell you, North Korea right now, we're on the verge of going to war with North Korea. I don't know if you know that or not. They have one million soldiers. Our troops that are stationed on the DMZ in Korea, I've been there, our troops will be wiped out within 8 to 10 minutes. So if you're stationed right there, you won't live very long. We're that close to nuclear war. We're the, I'm telling you folks, get right with God because it's coming to an end. Okay. Now, he, he said, See that you be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nations shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There shall be famines, pestilence, and earthquakes in divers places. Everybody say earthquakes. 
You ever been in an earthquake? Yeah. Well, there's been more earthquakes in the last two years ever to be recorded on the planet Earth. Jesus knew what he was talking about. And earthquakes are going to come to the earth that are going to kill a half a million people, folks. So you better be right with God. All these things are the beginning of sorrow. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, shall kill you, and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended, and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise, and shall deceive many. A lot of just deceiving spirits out there right now. If you go to a church and they don't preach Acts 2.38 and don't tell you to receive the Holy Ghost, get to, uh, baptized in Jesus' name, they have deceived you. Thank God you got an apostolic church here that you can come to. Amen. I want to go down a little further. Verse number uh, 13. But he that shall endure. Say, I'm going to endure. Now, you said it. Say it loud. I'm going to endure. The word endure in Greek means to hold on or hold out. So what Jesus is trying to tell his people and his disciples is these things are coming down the pike. So if you're going to make it, you have to endure to the end. The race is not to the swift or the fastest. It's he that endures to the end. A marathon runner in New York City was asked after 26 miles, and he won the race. What do you think about when you run 26 miles? He said, the only thing I think about is the finish line. The church has got to always remember the finish line. I don't care how much you're going through. I don't care how many giants you're fighting. Don't tell God how big your giant is. Tell the giant how big your God is. Somebody told me one day, said Christianity is a crutch. I said, if it's a crutch, give me two of them. Amen. Praise God. Amen. It's time to tell your giants to come down in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to endure to the end. Amen. Praise God. I want you to turn around and look at somebody. I want you to ask them the question, are we almost home? And you may be seated. You may be seated. This shall also know that in the last days perilous times shall come. Perilous means dangerous times. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. Covetous boasters. I said men are boasters. Some of them are preachers. You don't believe me, go on Facebook. They'll tell you how many cups of coffee they had at Starbucks. Get a life, man. I don't care if you're having coffee at Starbucks or how many people you prayed through. Of all the crusades and all the things I've done for God, all the meetings I've been in, I never went around looking for body counselor. But I figured God knew how many people got the Holy Ghost here. And even if I got a body count, I don't have to get on Facebook and tell the world what I did. Why don't we tell the world what Jesus does? Blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Well, they love the Super Bowl more than they love Jesus. Amen. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Going down to verse number 17, ever learning but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. And I ask you the question, are we almost home? Were these not the signs of the time? 
The foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal, that the Lord knows them that are His. This is the foundation that God gives us. I lay in Zion for a foundation of tried stone, a precious cornerstone, and he that believeth shall not make haste. Amen. The only foundation you have is in God. Amen. I'm telling you tonight, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let's exalt his name together because one can chase a thousand and two can put ten thousand to flight. Amen. We may be troubled on every side. I said we're troubled on every side, but we are not in distress. Amen. We may be perplexed, but we are not in despair. We may be cast down, but we are never forsaken, because if the outward man perish, the inward man is renewed day by day. Somebody shout hallelujah! You hath he quickened, who was once dead in trespasses and sins. Wherein in times past you walked according to the course of this world. You see, that's where God brought me from. I didn't know when I was smoking a joint. I didn't know when I was getting high. I didn't know when I was partying. All these things just seemed natural to me because so many people were doing it. But when God gave me the Holy Ghost, a conviction came inside of me. When Dean, you know, there was a statement in the Bible that bothers me. And it says, Demas has what? Forsaken me. If you had the chance to walk with the Apostle Paul, would you walk away from him? When you've seen him lay hands on blind eyes and eyes open up, and he raised people that were crippled, and he did miracles, and a man says, Demas has forsaken me. Why? Tell me why he forsook Paul. He what? He loved what world? He loved this world. Would you trade this world for God's world? Would you trade hitting the lottery and becoming a multimillionaire and having all the pleasures you could get your hands on? You could say like Solomon, I have this, I have, and miss out on what God has for you. So what world do you want? Hallelujah. If you don't die out to this world, and that's hard. It's hard for me to die. It takes a whole lot, man. I've got to beat myself up spiritually a lot to die out. But I know, man, if I can just die out. You see, if I could crucify myself. Matter of fact, I can't crucify myself. I can take a nail and crucify myself. The problem is, I don't know how to crucify the other hand. So God sent somebody by and says, I'll do it for you. And sometimes it's your best friend. Let me crucify you, dude. And you don't like that. Because when you, when you get probed a little bit, then the real spirit of us comes up. And then what comes up is what God wants to purge. You need to quit having road rage. That guy liked to run me over a while ago. I come through a lot of that. I mean, I, I've been all over the world. I lived in New York City. I thought they drove crazy until I came to California. It's like NASCAR. I'm looking in the rearview mirror, and there's a guy like two inches away from my bumper. i got to be careful, though. Man, i got to get a hold of my spirit here. You see, God has quickened me and raised me up to walk in what? The newness of life. Hallelujah. That in the ages to come, he might show forth exceeding riches of his glory. To us were it who believe. Hallelujah. And that the eyes of our understanding be enlightened and open. 
God's not talking about, He's not talking about these guys here. The word to see in Greek actually, I'm maybe pronouncing it wrong, but actually what it means when you run into that Greek word, when you read a Greek text, it doesn't mean to see with eyes. It means to see with the heart. That's why somebody asked me one day, Pastor, he said, how could you sing a song, Open the Eyes of My Heart? I didn't know the heart had any eyes in it. You see, the writer that was inspired to write that song knew that it was the heart God was talking about, not these guys. So God is saying, open your heart, then you'll see right. Some of you want to look at the world, and we were hippies through what they call rose-colored glasses. You see, man, it looks different out here, man. Take them off and see the real world. See the sick and the dying, the wounded. You still have a burden. You ought to jump up and tell the devil, you can't have my children, and you can't have my son, and you can't have my family. Come on, you got any fight in you at all? You got any fight in you? You fight this fight of faith. To intercession. To dying out. Hallelujah. Trouble on every side, yeah. Amen. Yeah, David looked at a giant one day. And Saul was a big boy. He was head and shoulders, brother Jones, over anybody. It's funny how sometimes the big boys don't take on the devil, though. He backed off. So God had to raise up a little boy. A little boy walked out and said, hey, man, quit cursing my God. I don't know about you, but, you know, things are getting kind of weird out here. When you almost vote marijuana in, something's wrong with the state of California, folks. I mean, God delivered me from marijuana. Now they're wanting to pass it so everybody can get high. When states in America pass same-sex marriage, something's going on that's wrong. Micah 6 and 3, God said to Israel, Oh, my people, what have I done to you? Israel played in the street. 10,000 warrior angels hovered over the children of Israel and said, Nobody touches these people out here. Let their children play. There ain't no enemy that could ever. And the enemy backed off and said, Oh, man, we don't mess with God's people. We don't mess with the children of Israel. Just leave them alone. And their vats were full and their harvests were, were full and, and they, they were blessed. But one day they started, I'm going to marry me a heathen. I'm going to marry out of my tribe. I'm going to marry over here with the Philistines. I'm going to go over here. And not only am I going to marry them, I'm going to worship their gods. And God pleaded with them, sister, over and over, don't do that. Because if you take on their gods, you'll take on their spirits. And the next thing, they're spitting in God's face. We don't even need you, God. And God's saying, oh, my people, what have I done? And yet God's saying to the United States of America right now, what have I done to you? Why are you allowing all this to come? Why are you letting sin take over? Why, hallelujah, are you doing this? You need to stand up for your children in the schoolhouse. You need to stand up for people, hallelujah, that come against God and tell them we serve a mighty God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. And I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Somebody told me when I got the Holy Ghost, you like to dance, but after a while it wears off. After you've been in church a long time, it wears off. But, honey, i got news for you. I'm still dancing. I'm still shouting. i still got the joy of the Lord. I never lost my hope. I never lost my joy. I never lost my praise for God. And you know something? I know I'm almost home. I went to a funeral of Priscilla Magruder. 
Sister Priscilla Magruder was Priscilla McDonald. When, when I walked into church as a hippie, she was playing the piano in my home church. She became a tremendous singer, her and Carol Magruder. At her funeral, 1,000 people gathered into a little town called Kennett. We call it Hillbilly Heaven. Ain't nothing but hillbillies down there. But boy, those hillbillies love God. I walked in. I thought everybody's going to be crying. They showed Priscilla up on a, on, on a screen, and she was dancing and shouting. She was saying, when I leave here, don't weep for me when I'm gone because I'll be home. Amen. And all of a sudden, that funeral turned into a praise service, and people were dancing and shouting. You know why? Because our sister made it home. Hallelujah. And you know what? One day we're going to be home. That finish line is right out there, folks. So no matter what the devil throws at you, no matter what kind of trial you go through, no matter what kind of battle you go through. Keep your eye on the finish line because in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, we're going to be walking on a street of gold. Hallelujah. Royce Elms. On a Friday night three weeks ago, Royce Elms preached for his brother. I was in that service. Afterwards, we ate together. Never dreamed that in three weeks... He would be walking in the presence of God. Hallelujah. See him back and died not long ago. Others, Pentecostals are being called out. That's right. And the torch is being turned to another generation. Hallelujah. And God's saying this thing's about ready to wrap up. Because I'm not going to have a whole world that's homosexual. I wiped, I'd have to repent to Sodom and Gomorrah. I'd have to tell everybody in Sodom and Gomorrah what I did was wrong. I'm not going to have same-sex marriage because I didn't make human beings to be that way. And don't give me this line that you were born that way. You need to get that unclean spirit out of you. You say, well, I got this spirit on me. If you got it in you or on you, you need to come to this altar and pray and die out. And when you die out, that spirit will leave you and another spirit will come in. That's called the Holy Ghost. Amen. Do you believe me, church? Amen. Hallelujah. You tell that giant, God raises up a little David, and David said, you're not going to curse my God, amen. Hallelujah, because I'll chop your head off today, and I'll give it to the birds, amen. And he picks up five stones, and that giant probably thought, you little run, you, you can't take me on, you're just a punk, amen. And he said, yeah, but I'm not taking you off, because I'm coming in the name of, of my God, the God of Israel. Whatever spirit that you're battling with right now, whatever spirit of thoughts that are troubling you right now. You ought to stand up and tell that spirit, I'm going to conquer you. Hallelujah! God's going to turn your mourning into dancing. He'll turn your sorrow into joy. He'll change your walk. He'll change your talk. He'll change your outside. He'll change your inside. My God. Hallelujah. 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 All the promises of God. There's, first of all, you know the devil's a liar. He came to rob, steal, and kill, right? The word steal in Greek means klepto. It's, it comes from a word called klepto. The word klepto, ever heard, heard of a kleptomaniac? There are people that have to steal. They're addicted to stealing. They have to steal. The devil every day is out to steal from us. He comes and he wants to beat you down. He'll beat you down with your past sins. He'll beat you down with your weaknesses. He'll beat you down with thoughts. He'll beat you down any way he can because he wants to steal your joy. 
and he wants to steal your happiness. And then he wants to steal your family. He wants to steal your children. I had a man one day walk into my church, and he said, I got a sword of the Lord, and I'm throwing it on the floor. I said, man, are you nuts? He said, no, I'm taking the shield of faith, and I'm dumping it too. And he said, I'm not stepping foot in this church again. And you know who I'm talking about, amen. And he said, because my wife and my children won't serve God, then I'll go to hell with them. I said, wait a minute, man. You, you don't need to be going to hell for nobody, amen, because somebody else went to hell for us, amen. And he, he walked out of the church and said, I give up, I quit. But you know what happened? The demons came after his family, and his boy went out and set fire to a vacant house, and the house caught on fire, and the fireman came, and he tried to put the fire out, and the, and the floor caved in, and the fireman fell through the, the floor and was paralyzed, and then the boy was in court, and the judge walked out with a black robe because he has no mercy, and he walked out and said, I'm putting this boy in jail for for." five years. The only thing that saved him was I walked in front of the judge and said, I'm a preacher. Don't do that to him. He said, who are you? I said, I'm a preacher. I said, can you have some mercy? He said, well, I'll just put him in jail for a year then. And I got him out of going to jail for five years. But you know where that started with? That didn't start with the boy. That spirit never came on the boy until the father laid his sword down. Until the father, brother, laid his shield down. And when the parents laid their shield and their sword down, the devil is coming after your family. And he's coming after your children. And he's coming after your grandchildren. But you need to pull your sword out and say, come on, come on. You want to take me on? I come in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Because I'm a one God apostolic, tongue-talking, born-again, heaven-down believer in the power. You Hallelujah. Now. I walked. I walked in. Walked into. Uh, it's about ten to nine, bro. Will they stay with me? Will they ride with me? I walked in a Buddhist temple one day. Had ten thousand statues of Buddha. They had twenty-two sacred temples in this area in Taiwan. They told me don't go down there because the Baptist preacher went down there and preached against Buddhism, and he had a nervous breakdown. I said the only difference. I ain't Baptist. I'm apostolic. I walked in there and I started rebuking all the statues of Buddha. A man walked out with a long robe. He was bald-headed now. I'm not picking on you, bro. Amen. But Buddhist monks, you know, they shave their hair off. And they walk around in gray robes. And I'm standing there rebuking Buddha, saying, Buddha, your kingdom's coming down. Your kingdom's coming down. And the guy said, you shouldn't do that, man. You know, Buddha will get you for that. You know, aren't you afraid of Buddha? I said, no, I'm not. He said, are you afraid of the devil? I said, no, he's afraid of me. Are you apostolic? you got the power of God inside of you. The devil is afraid of you. I'm going to tell you how the devil works. There in Asia, a lot of times we have zappers. We'll plug these zappers in because mosquitoes fly around and try to bite people. And they have a special song that they sing. It's called The Power, uh, the power of the Blood. And they just, they're, Amen. Amen. And so you can hear these things being zapped out. Zap, 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 zap while you're preaching, right? Amen. What happens is that when a mosquito or a moth flies by, he, he self-destructs. His bright light messes his psyche up. Now, he can fly over the light or around the light, but the moment he sees this bright light, sister, he dive bombs. Ooh, boom, and he's gone. The devil can't destroy anybody. He gets you to self-destruct. He talks you into destroying 
yourself. And when some thoughts have been troubling your mind for a long time, you tell those thoughts, I'm tired of fighting with these thoughts. These thoughts have got to go. And then you take authority because those spirits are actually subject to you every time you stand up. Hallelujah. And take authority over them. All the promises of God. There's two things God can't do. God can't lie and God can't change. So all the promises of God are yea and in Him. What? Amen. So every promise that God made. He backed it with a yay. Every day that my wife and I wake up, we say, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That's the Lord's Prayer. Jesus taught his disciples that. Amen. After we get done praying, brother, we yell out, Yay! Because we want a yay day. Amen. You got a yay day? You see, you can be the sheep that go around going, Bah! Those are good sheep. But you get these other kind that walk around when the preacher preaches, they go, Nah! 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 I don't want to have a nah attitude. I don't want to be nay. I want to be yay. All the promises of God in Him. Now, I'm going to tell you how that works. When God says, I'll be your healer, He endorses it with a yay. Then He comes back, I'll be your healer, and the church yells. They yell what? Amen. Now you got it. He said, I'll be your provider, and the church says. He said, I'll save your family, and the church says. I'll be your doctor and the church says every promise that God made, he endorsed it already with a yay. And all he wants you to do is say amen. They had a little lady in St. Louis and uh, she used to teach her children all the time in her Sunday school. The devil's a liar. Now she's 84 years old, comes to church in a walker. When she walks in, she has to carry that walker. Somebody said to her, Mama, how you feeling? She said, I don't feel good today. I'm getting old and my body hurts. I got pain in my legs, pain in my ankles, and I got pain all over. One of her farmer students stood up and said, Mama, the devil is a liar. She looked back at him and she said, he ain't lying this time. I'm going to tell you, Brother Jones, that body's going to hurt after a while. Knees are going to hurt them ankles, but you know what? I still see the finish line. Even with bad knees. Even with back pain. I still, I've got my eye on the finish line. Hallelujah. You know what? A blind woman was asked one day, is there anything worse than being blind? She said, yeah, having your sight, but having no vision. Do you know that 41% of our preachers in the UPC don't give one penny to foreign missions? If you want, to, if you want to be blessed, you give to foreign missions. My wife stood up in a church one night, and they, they said the organ didn't play. They were going to sell every key on that organ for $150, Brother, Brother King. Amen. My wife jumped up and said, I'll buy a key, $150 right now. He said, no, we don't take missionary money. And my wife said, don't, don't rob me of my blessing. And pretty soon they raised $12,000. God used a missionary to stir the rest of them up, and they raised $12,000 to buy an organ. The next day I'm out on the highway, and I'm trying to get on the highway, and I'm on the outer road, and a truck drives up. And this truck is a great big old white truck, and it's got the letters VOTA on it, V-O-T-A-W. Now, I've never seen a truck with my name on it. It said VOTA Electric Company. So I rolled my window down, and I said, 
who's Votal? He said, Votal is the biggest electric company here in Fort Wayne, Indiana. I said, sir, are they rich? Do they have money? He said, oh, yeah, they have a lot of money. And I thought, thank you, Jesus. I finally found my relatives after all these years. So I said to him, would you take me, would you take me to your company? And he, he, he said, okay, follow me. So we go into this industrial park, and we're there, and I get out, and these guys are walking by, and they got hard hats. I they even give me one and said, Votal, man. I thought I died and went to Votal heaven, man. <clears throat> I walked in, and this guy walked out. I said, I'm Mike Votal. You got the same name I got. Where did you come from? I said, well, my ancestors actually came from a little village in, in northern France. Uh, and, and Normandy, France, called Bolbeck, and I uh, told him her name was changed because of a, a Choctaw Indians. You're from Oklahoma, and we took the Indian Votal over to Votal, who came from a Choctaw Indian tribe. Amen. And he said, "Oh my goodness, we're related." You, you know, he said, "I can't believe it. You are. You're related to me." So he says, "Hold on," and he brings his secretaries and everybody out there, and he says, "Now I want you to pray for him." And I'm laying my hands on. Him. Though that day I didn't expect to be praying for a bunch of people. I'm on my way to the highway. And now I am laying hands on people and praying for him to get the Holy Ghost. And he walks back and he says, I'll be right back. And he comes back and hands me a check, but he folds it. So he gives me a check. He said, I want to do this for you. I want to give you a check today. I said, oh, thank you. And I took it and started putting it in my pocket. And he said, oh, no. He said, open that check and look at it. Now, you know, I'm a good evangelist, so you know how good evangelists are. We don't look at checks until we go to the bathroom. Then we pull it out and go. Am I telling the truth, bro? Praise God. Hallelujah. Or in the car. Amen. Don't turn that light on because the guy in front of you might be looking back. Say, look, he's looking at my check. Amen. Hallelujah. He said, no, I want you to look at it. I looked at it and it was $1,500. Now, stay with me because I'm about ready to wind this up. Do you know why God gave me $1,500? Tell me why. He loved me. He did love me. But what do you, why do you think he gave me 1500 bucks? No. All right. Well, they're getting close. But somebody's going to help me with this. Why did God give me uh, $1,500? Because, uh, because he's rich. <laughs> All right. Come on. Somebody's got to get this now. I, 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 there you go. Sister, tell me why God gave me $1,500. What? Amen. Now, pastor's going to answer this. I know he can answer it. Why did I get $1,500? I sowed a $150 seed. And let me tell you, God will be no debtor to nobody. When you walk into this church and you pay your tithes and you pay your offerings and you open your hand to God, God says, here it is. I'll open mine to yours. But I don't open my hand and give to you until you open your hand and give to me. God will send a missionary by to challenge the churches in America to see if they'll open their hands to the missionaries trying to raise their money to go back overseas. And God has a blessing in His hand and sometimes He can't give it to you until you open your hand up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. An earthquake. They're coming. Earthquakes everywhere. You know what happened in Haiti? 300,000 people died. One earthquake. Now they're dying from cholera. People went down and dug people out of the rubble. Stacks of bodies. Stench. Terrible. Wow. How could this happen? 
it's going to happen again, folks. Pestilence, earthquakes, all of this. You know what I say? Stay in the church. Stay in the church. In the rubble. A team was there. I want our musicians to come. Hallelujah. Where's our musician? I got a song here. They're walking through the rubble. And one man says, we got a team out here with 12 different guys come down here from America. We've been down here for 11 days and we're tired. We're just going to give it up. Let's just get on a plane and go. Let's leave. And you know what? One man stood up, brother. And he said, don't give up the search today. He said, you all can leave. Every one of you can leave, but I'm not leaving. And pretty soon another man said, well, you know, if he's going to stay, I'm going to stay. And pretty soon all 12 men decided, we're tired, but we got we got a job to do down here. We're not leaving yet. And one man walks up and he says, you know what, I, I hear something. I hear it. I hear somebody crying. You hear that? No, I don't hear it. Well, come on over here and pick these rocks up. Why don't you men start pulling the rocks up? You know what they found? A six-year-old girl laying under the rubble. Tears flowing down her cheeks. Powder on her face. You know what she said? For 11 days under this rock and rubble. An angel came to me, and an angel touched me and gave me strength and told me somebody's coming to rescue you, and they're coming to take you home. A six-year-old girl. When those grown men pulled that little girl out of the rubble, they started to cry. You know what? Somebody you love right now is under rubble. Somebody's buried with sin and sickness and drugs alcohol. Somebody you love is under the rubble. Would you find them and bring them home? My God. Would you die out tonight? How many people want to die in this service tonight? And open their hand, their heart, their mind, everything to God. I wonder tonight how many people in this building right now have a child a son or a daughter that's not living for God, raise your hand. I used to take my children, we traveled, and they'd always say to me, Dad, are we almost home? Almost home, almost home, almost home. And you know what? I'd get home. When I got home, they were all sleeping. And I'd have to pick my children up to carry them in the house. They're just children. And God said, you're just my children. Some of you have been hurt. Somebody here tonight has been hurt. You felt like, I can't see the finish line anymore because I'm so hurt. You don't know what I'm going through. A loving shepherd comes down, puts his arms around you. says, let me hold you tonight. He picks you up like your children. You hang on his neck and you and you cut in his arms. He said, I'll take you to the finish line. Come on. And the shepherd leads his sheep almost home. Priscilla, Brother Elms, we're almost there. When I go to the airport and I tell my children goodbye, they look at me, my Brother Kellogg's children call me Papa and Mima. Why would why would I do this, bro? 
because they think maybe Papa won't come back and they'll never see him again. Or Mima. We're dying out. We're dying out. If you got a lost loved one right now, especially a son, prodigal, stand up right now. It's going to be the first wave to this altar. You know what? Is there anybody in this building that has a loved one or a friend in jail or prison? Stand up. And I want you to come down to this altar right here. And I want you to tell the devil he can't have your people. He can't have your son. He can't have your daughter. I want you to gather. Come on. If you raise your hand, would you line up right here in the front? Say, I'm going to die out tonight. I'm going to intercede for my people. They're lost. I'm almost home, God. But I hear the cry of the wounded. Somebody I love is under the rubble. My family, God, needs you. Would you cry out to God and say, God, I give myself away. I give myself away. I die out right now. God, for my people, I'll die out. I'll intercede. I'll carry them with my prayer. Would you call your children out to God? Would you call their name right now?
on each other. We're going to make it home one day. Hallelujah. Pray for one another. Pray for your people in the Philippines right now, brother. God sent 10,000 angels down to watch over your, your people, your families. Say, God, help my people. Help the Philippines. Yes, God, help them. Give myself away. I'm dying out, God, to my flesh. I want to be more like.